0: Welcome to the Smoke and Rope podcast, the show that brings together Michigan's top cannabis growers, advocates, and business owners to offer a fresh and honest perspective of Michigan's cannabis industry. Stick with us to get the lowdown from the people who've been on the ground floor of cannabis business in Michigan and gain insights into where the industry may be heading. Welcome to Smoke and Rope podcast, episode 26. I'm your host, Ryan Basor, and today we have on the show uh many many uh aware of different hats and uh, all around great guy kyle miller kyle thanks for hey. being on the show today
1: hey thanks for having me i really appreciate it
0: you got it you got it tom beller over at real leaf solutions uh how was the new year
2: Oh, well, it's fantastic man 2021 it's uh we're finally out of the the weeds i think of 2020 and now uh, looking forward to it man it's another beautiful day on the farm
0: Nice. I I do feel like there's a lot of optimism and a lot of cool stuff going on. Obviously, if you're into cannabis, you're watching what's happening in Georgia right now as well. So who knows what's going to happen in 2021. And Kevin, true cannabis. How was your New Year?
3: Everything was good, man. It was quiet, hung out at home, uh, stayed out of trouble. And um, it was nice to just, you know, take the day off, you know?
0: Yeah, no kidding. You actually didn't didn't have to come in on, on New Year's Day?
3: I, I came in, but I'm. But what I mean is that I just uh, I got off early and I went home and I just relaxed and I didn't that's have cool. to. You know, the on holidays and stuff, the phone's not blowing up. You know, and, and that's a lot of times that slows things down.
0: For sure, I hear you. I uh, just started getting up at six a.m. and reading a book in the morning, and the phone doesn't go off, and my wife's not uh, asking me questions yet, so it's awesome. Uh, but, <laughs> anyways. Uh, Uh, Kyle Miller I first kind of met Kyle and started knowing about him through MI Legalize and you know Kyle was a big uh, proponent and worker and activist and I know Kyle you did a lot of uh, um, as far as the helping colleges college students that believe MSU and different colleges get uh, registered to vote and yeah a lot of stuff about that yeah, and that was uh, that was cool. That was the first time I started uh, meeting you, and then I always I classic story I'll never forget. I got I got two of them. I always tell my Pat Miles Jr. story, but my other story involves Kyle, and uh, I'll remember the rest of my life. It's, it's so crazy. We were it was uh, November, It was election uh, night, and we were in the Radisson Hotel uh, for the Prop One and my legalized uh, legalization party. And the Republican Party had their convention across the street at the Lansing Center. So, at that point, Prop 1 had passed. Like, we knew it was passed by, like, 7 o'clock at night. And, you know, it was it was over and done with. And we knew Bill Shooty had lost uh, at that point, too. And we were, for me personally, I had been hitting the Johnny Blue a bit and uh, definitely Absolutely. medicating heavily. And myself, Absolutely. <laughs> myself, Jeff Hank, and Kyle went up, like, I was the 6th or 7th, 8th floor of... Uh, at the Radisson and we hit the dab rig pretty heavily and we're having a good old time and we just kind of bust out the door and we run uh, literally basically run right into smack dab into Bill Schutte his wife and his uh, kids uh, <laughs> walking like into their room next door right as he had decided and conceded that he lost and. Uh, uh, I remember like not knowing what to say, and uh, he definitely knew who all of us were. And then I remember Jeff said something crazy like, uh, yeah. he said you, ran,
1: he said "You ran a good race, Bill." Yeah, he
0: goes, <laughs> "He starts. You congratulations, you Bill." Race, yeah, he goes, "Congratulations, Bill." And I look at him, and I'm like, and he's like, "You ran a good race." And then I, me and Kyle, hightailed it out of there because still the AG and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so i'll never ever forget that that was uh was wild that that's that's the timing and how it happened so i'm thankful (laughs) and then since then uh kyle like i said is wearing a lot of hats he he got going uh with um, his associate publisher of sensi mag and also is the membership coordinator of cannabis connect um and, and really got rocking on that but besides that uh he's the director of strategic relations for meds cafe and redemption there's a meds cafe has supported redemption products really heavily since the big since i've launched i'm really thankful kyle's one of the easiest guys to work with when it comes to um a, a buyer uh and getting a hold of and making decisions and i know real leaf and obviously uh, kevin's products through redemption are all there too so Appreciate that, and then also uh, recently, uh, just outside of Ionia, uh, you have to tell us the township. But you're the co-owner of Easton Craft uh, Cultivation, which I hear has got great flower. Med now, I believe you're going to be wrecked before too soon, if not. And not jamming. Up. Yeah. So like so, Kyle, kind of with that, tell us a little bit more about yourself, like how you got going into cannabis, and how are you juggling all these balls at once?
1: Awesome, man. Well, thanks. So my my journey into cannabis as far as the the true industry kind of started um in 2016 i had been working as a legislative staffer um at the senate for a guy named morris hood uh, former state senator morris hood from detroit and uh at that time the the 2016 election year had started to kind of uh pick up and uh, i knew that uh um and my legalized had a, a, a fair shot, at least, so we thought, in 2016. And then, of course, the end result was not what we had expected. And so, uh, the first time around, uh, I was, you know, working as a staffer, and so I wasn't as actively involved as I wanted to be. Uh, we had a chance for some redemption the second time around in 2018. At, at that point, uh, I had become pretty close friends with Jeff Hank, and I knew that. Uh, the, we were going to hit the ground running uh, January of 17 to, to really get things going. And so I um, decided to go ahead and, and join him and Nick Sattel and Sam Pernick and those guys and and try to, to really get this thing off the ground and, and get the signatures that we needed to get it on the ballot into uh, for the 18 election. And so I did that for several months and that was my first time really... Uh, networking with a lot of people that had really been around for a long time. You know, everybody has buddies that smoke and have smoked for a long time, but uh, it it was my first face to face with, you know, some advocates and people that worked really hard in 2008 to get the initial medical uh, proposal onto the ballot and and attempts before that even, and just the, the long rooted history that cannabis has here in Michigan. And so uh, those six or so months that we collected signatures, I really started to, to feel at home and I knew that this was something I wanted to try to find my way into one way or another. And uh, once that was over, I, I, I thought, you know, how do I continue to, to make myself relevant in the industry without being somebody that's been a 10 plus year grower or you know has been around for, for those initial connections to be made. And so uh, Jamie Cooper was somebody that I had known from the um, uh, campaign and uh, she had told me she was gonna start hosting these networking events and to try to focus on areas of the state where we had seen the beginnings of MMFLA ordinances, communities that we had thought would start to, to be reasonable and allow these businesses to to get off the ground. And so we started building around the the beginnings of MMFLA. And so we would host networking events in Grand Rapids and Lansing and Bay City, Traverse City, Flint, Detroit, Kalamazoo, um, Ann Arbor, areas where we knew we could anticipate that to build. And over the course of a year or so, these events which started with, you know, five, six, seven people had turned into uh, some pretty cool uh, bangers, honestly, man. Like in Detroit and uh, Grand Rapids especially, um, you know, it's a Thursday night and uh, we get together and 50, 60, 70 plus people would show up to these events. And, uh, you know, over time, fast forward to now, it's been pretty cool to look back and realize that a lot of those people who have been, you know, grinding really hard and trying to make it in their own endeavors, uh, many of them are licensed now and and are doing what they have worked so hard to actually put together. And so it's cool to see the uh, web kind of build itself and and really connect the dots there. And, uh, you know, after building a, a, a network kind of across the state, um with different people in the industry i I started to focus on my hometown uh ionia and easton township that's where easton craft comes from easton township uh, which is just to the the west of ionia um i i started to work with some some friends from my hometown and uh family from my hometown um and trying to get them to just adopt an ordinance and see what we could make happen and so City of Ionia jumped on uh, with a a pretty open ordinance. Easton Township uh, jumped on with one that's a a little more conservative, but uh, uh, for property reasons and and for my partners, Easton turned out to be a really cool spot for us. And so their first medical ordinance actually only allowed for two Class A grows. And so we decided to just get our feet wet and in hopes that when they pass rec, they would pass uh one that allow for like some class c's maybe and then we could expand into that role over time so it's it's been cool so far we just had our third harvest or we're about to have our third harvest go to market Be chopping the fourth one in a couple of weeks and uh we're just excited to finally be off the ground and, and to participate in one of the coolest markets in the country
0: that's that is very cool so tell me about the difference now because you you buy uh, obviously and yeah so now you're selling so you're seeing the market on both sides yeah be yeah really interesting perspective and uh you caught me yesterday when i was wired on caffeine and delirious from not eating and I talked your ear off about it, so maybe we can talk about it again. But uh
1: sure, man. what's
0: what's that like? I know like you watched to the point where anyone that had flour early on would just could call anybody and it was sold. You know, you're doing people yeah. favors in some in some instances, selling them flour from our perspective. And and that flipped obviously in the last two months. Mm-hmm. And that's changing too we can get into that but uh so we saw that just tell us a little bit about like what it's been like the first uh t- two or three harvests and then also and then the difference between say you know two three months ago and what do you see happening right now
1: sure well uh you're absolutely right when you mentioned uh the beginning of the market how it was almost doing somebody a favor to sell them flour because so few people had an excess of flour and uh You know, admittedly, at the beginning of my purchasing at Meds, it was uh, a matter of just finding it. You know, if you could even find the flower, um, obviously you want to be good flower too. But, uh, you know, at the beginning there, it was just take what you can find, man. And and, uh, it uh, has obviously changed since then. The market is a lot more plentiful than it was a year ago or 10 months or so, however long it's been. But uh, uh, in terms of uh, switching to the other role with Easton Crafton and and joining the, the sales part of it, um it's it's a different market obviously than it would have been nine or so months ago but it's it's uh there's some silver lining to it i think obviously everybody wants to sell five thousand dollar pounds for the rest of their life if they could but um i think uh, getting into the market right now at a point where it's starting to level out a little bit is is good because it keeps us grounded it keeps us um open in terms of knowing what to expect and not i think some of these guys maybe jumped into uh, a million class c's and and thought that they'd make uh four thousand dollars a pound for the next four years or something and uh financially it's you know might not be the best the best look in a couple months so we've been pretty conservative financially with our build out we were able to get in um at a really really good price um in terms of everything that we've spent to get to operation and uh we're we're excited to be in a position that uh we we think we can take advantage of
0: very cool very cool i hear you got great flower too
1: thanks man i appreciate it i hope to get some over at botanical up in tawas and in lansing real soon
0: Yep, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to come checking it out next week too.
1: Yeah.
3: Yep. That'll be fun. I can't wait. Hey Kyle, this is Kevin over at true cannabis. Um, I know we haven't formally had a chance to meet, but I've, I've heard about you for a while from, from Ryan and and the other guys. And, uh, they say you're a real good guy and, 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 a righteous dude. So I look forward to meeting you here in the, in the near future. Um, about the market and the way things have gone um sure you know when when i was out in colorado you know we saw for probably four or five years uh, a real steady um high price on on flour before we started to see that decline and and starting to have that leveling out period it's it's Mm -hmm. obviously been expedited here in michigan um you know i kind of wonder what the factors are that have that have you know played a part in that you know i don't know that we have um a ton of of growers up and running so i don't know that the the, that there's more flour than demand i'm kind of feeling like you know it might have a lot more to do with the black market in michigan compared to colorado and uh i I just wonder what you think your thoughts are on on how it moves forward do you see we're gonna do you think it's gonna fluctuate quite a bit or do you think we're already to that leveling off period where it's probably going to stay consistently at this price
1: Sure. Okay. So in terms of Colorado, I think one of the reasons that it stayed as high as it did for as long as it did was just the fact that they were a pioneer state. And so so there was so much interest from so many uh, outside travelers, everybody going to Colorado instead of having an option of 10 or 11 plus rec states like they do nowadays. Um, So I think that that's likely one of the reasons it stayed high for as long as it did. And uh, I think in Michigan, uh, we have a lot of true OGs to the weed game. People that have been growing as caregivers since 2008. And so um, they're used to a specific level of quality. Not that there isn't a long established route of, uh, you know, cultural cannabis culture in, in Oregon and in Colorado and stuff, but um michigan's caregiver system is unlike anything else where else can you cultivate 72 plants at your house without much um you know without much say from from authorities i mean obviously there are certain situations where you know in the past the law has been more clarified over the past decade but uh, i think that um you know michigan's I don't, I don't, I don't know if we're necessarily to the point where it's going to stay, you know, low like this. I think there will likely be some fluctuation, uh, especially when, like, for example, the city of Detroit finally officially goes recreational, um, uh, and you get to the point where, within a, a month or six-week period, you have hundred plus stores in Detroit going recreational overnight. I don't think that drives it up to forty-five hundred dollars a pound for a 10 month period necessarily, but I think it, it will shoot it up a little bit. I think it'll lift it out of uh, where we're at right now and, and maybe, maybe level out a little higher, but likely ultimately at least come back down to where it is and likely lower even um, uh, whether or not that happens uh, in six months or 18, I guess is to be, to be determined
2: okay oh, what's up buddy sorry Hello, hey man um yeah you're talking about um you know we're talking about the market and pound prices and everything what are you seeing out there right now for people that aren't actively having these conversations daily sure. on the wholesale level uh as far as price yeah price and then we'll talk quality after that sure
1: um so uh, you know the med prices i've seen as low as two thousand dollars a pound i've known uh, i've heard uh some growers in the state that have an excess um who want to offload you know 50 plus pounds who will, will come even lower than 2000 it seems like um as far as the rec market i've seen prices as low or as close to that I've also seen people who have been holding out and, and still trying for 34, 35. Um, I don't know how many sales they're getting. Maybe they are. Maybe they aren't. I don't know. But uh, I'm, I'm not buying at that price right now. Um, uh, but I think uh, it's 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 so kind of varying because I feel like there are some licensees that understand what's going on and there's some that are kind of just running around like why is the market doing this? What, you know, what's, what, when's it going to come back? And so, and right. it, 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 I think it comes down to um knowing this market, knowing Michigan specifically, knowing um the way that the, the black market and the, the OG caregivers are thinking and what their model for success is going to be.
2: Yeah. So as far as quality wise, then you're seeing people coming in with uh with rec pounds as low as possibly 2000. So what do you see in quality wise for that type of a of a price?
1: Um, you know, usually machine trimmed uh which doesn't necessarily mean good or bad uh, uh but uh, typically machine trimmed it can be um sometimes damaged looking. You know, when you got a really nice cola that was hand trimmed and is very frosty and and just looks beautiful and you compare that to a nug that's went through a twister and it just has some remaining leafage in the stem typically at the bottom if you had a nice like piece of it that broke off there's that inch long hanger at the bottom that you have to kind of manually dig through your pound and cut all those yeah. stragglers off and stuff so um the quality and, and this is all visual quality to me because i haven't smoked every single strain that i see in the market but um you you can tell that uh you know the the quality is down with the price too certainly but there's also some some super super fired on the market that you can get for a price that a month ago would have seemed absolutely ridiculous so
2: oh yeah we just recently adjusted our prices across the board just to kind of meet where the market had a major shift so I mean you have to but you also have to realize that you know coming into a market now and flooding it is you know, shooting yourself in the foot if you think you're going to come in and get a four thousand dollar pound. You know, people right. that had those ideas last year and finally got their build out in their first crop, and it's like, oh, that's not how it's going. Like, yeah, there's a lot that yeah. goes into getting your efficiencies down and mm-hmm. and getting it right. You know, yeah, I
1: think it's while to dial in a room that big and really get where you want to be.
2: Yeah, and there really needs to be, I keep saying this, a grading system that buyers like yourself can know i mean it's not a self-graded like if i'm the seller I'm like oh i'm going to grade it myself you know there needs to be some standards established yeah. in the industry in order to establish what a you know like with alcohol there's a minimum you know mm-hmm. and even then a maximum you know that uh you know especially a, a state minimum in order to qual, you know for quality and i uh, i think that there's there needs to be some guidance there at some level so you know there's just so much like you're saying it's up and down and the restrictions on getting uh samples to people you know um yeah that's the whole rigmarole Yeah, yeah i mean i'd love to send trade samples but the uh but the 15 step process it takes in order to get a piece of product you know into somebody's hands through transport you know unless yeah. it's you know under a certain level amount you can handle liver i guess but you yeah. know it's just uh there's just they make it more difficult than it needs to be in order for people to see what kind of quality they're getting before they commit to it
1: and it's a catch 22 because you don't want a million people inside your grow coming to look at it every single week and so there, there does need to be a way to to do those trade samples more easily especially if you're met only because it seems like that and we're met only right now so but my understanding of it is that in the rec market it's a, it's at least a little bit easier but still um the hurdles
2: it's possible in the rec market not the medical market
0: right no that's good point Kyle <laughs> that reminds me of what we uh we talked about a little bit yesterday at home, cause and I've I study uh, LeafLink uh, a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm, uh, we're not on there and I don't intend to be anytime soon. But I like to study it and watch the prices. I know like right now, I think it's uh, live well. Um, they're producing like a thousand pounds a month, a week, yeah, or something wow. like that. And it's um, but I think it's radi- a lot of it's the, uh, radi- erratic. Uh, remediated sorry and uh sure. you know all the way down to like 11 $1, 1200 pounds i see on there but uh, yes. yeah yeah so that's 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 interesting all the way down there then i still see people selling 35 five 8s which is a lot of 45 like a forty five hundred dollar pound type stuff uh wholesale too so pretty pretty nutty but one thing we talked about yesterday is and you knew it was kind of coming and and watching it and you know it's kind of the ch- the, the chads and the brads of of the world coming into the,
1: the coming world. in
0: or the fads uh, coming into the market <laughs> and uh um you know and uh like oh like they're like oh i can get 35 400 4, a pound i'm a craft grower no you're not your stuff's not that good but they want to be and then the market hit ha- they dropped it way lower they're going around will price match i'm hearing some of the stuff going on and now i'm hearing all of a sudden they're raising their prices back up uh, within a week's time and uh just as a retailer uh it makes it's horrible it's a hard thing to deal with you know consistency but you made the point about uh about the plug What, what was that yesterday you say that again
1: oh um when when the prices go up the the plug switches i think i said or something like that i can't
0: remember yeah, yeah no you're basically saying if you do that uh you do that on the uh the you know, old days on uh, in the streets like you lose you lose the act. Yeah, you don't,
1: you know? don't that quarter pound sale anymore yeah does.
0: no you're you're over with yeah. if, gonna keep, if you're if you're guy that you're buying from is uh, going to keep moving up and down on you and then your customers are dealing with it so i i watched it so there's a lot of the old school guys um, you know I consider all us that and and drew up there and driven that I'm working with that are you know expecting this feeling it but you know alright so the prices prices come down I know for the most part we always want to be high highest quality but mid-level pricing and we want um, patients and 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 customers to be able to get great quality meds at a, at a decent it's a decent price and, and do this for decades so um, you know, we're not doing that. I know, I know. Like once we lower it, it's it's set. I just find that. So, have you started to, to kind of see that uh, people trying to inch it back up a little bit after they came down, kind of with their hand out before? Because December, early December, uh, there were almost no sales going on.
1: Right. Yeah, I have seen. Uh, it seems like uh, people that had dropped it all the way down to their maximum. Have kind of crept up a little bit, you know. I, and I'm not here to name names or bash any companies, but uh, LeafLink <laughs> is public eye, you know. If you have an yep. account, you get on there and you can see it and you can watch it every single day. And, uh, you know, one day it's maybe 22, and then it's 24, and then all of a sudden we're back to. Twenty-eight to three, and, and <laughs> I haven't seen anybody really that was down at two flat come all the way up to three. Maybe they have. I just ha- I guess I maybe I haven't paid attention enough, but um, they're they're creeping back at it for sure.
2: It's the time of testing relationships, you know uh for people that have been doing it for at least in the regulated market the past couple years developing those relationships as a grower for me that we have always decided that we were not going to chase those maximum prices that we possibly could knowing that the day of reckoning will come where we're going to have to come back and turn around and say hey you know uh you know we we know that we kind of gouged you in the front end but uh, we still want to keep this relationship you know people remember that kind of stuff right you know, so now those relationships are being tested one thing i'm personally seeing is that those relationships they don't always pan out the way that you hope in the you know in the beginning and develop for like a year and a half um sometimes they they they're not the two-sided relationship that you would hope for but uh, you know that, that that but this is the time that you know to figure that kind of stuff out like shelf space is now um, a premium just having flour doesn't mean you're going to sell it so I mean mm-hmm. quality does get you pretty far but at the yeah. you know at the end of the day it's really the relationships that you've maintained and uh, you know you know the your ability to to stay true you know and 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 have the you know the righteous you know mindset of you know the you know it's intent you know if you're intense right then you know the plant will provide. Yeah, yeah, for, for sure.
1: People. Yep, I agree 100. percent. It's really important to to maintain those relationships and to be true to them because well, you know, once you're not, we're at the point now in the market where there's there's enough product where yours doesn't have to necessarily be on the shelf anymore if you're not, you know, someone people want to work with. Uh,
0: that's uh, that's definitely ringing ringing true. Our... Are you seeing it all, uh, uh, Kyle, you're getting a lot of people kind of coming even door to door, uh, growers, um, and sales reps hitting your store
1: more so than in the past. Yep. I'm starting to get, uh, more emails from, from groups I've never heard of, you know, people that are just getting onto the market or maybe have been on the market, but just have had enough clients where they haven't really had to reach out. Mm -hmm. So I am starting to get new emails from those kinds of people, people stopping by with, uh, their um you know inventory lists and and uh, write-ups of their strains and stuff which is cool because i really like meeting those people in person and uh scheduling times to like go visit their facilities and stuff but um you can tell that there's there's definitely people are trying harder now to make sales than they've had to in the past
0: yeah For sure. For sure. And, uh, um, you know, that was definitely an adjustment me personally that I made uh, as far as being able to call up Kyle and and he says, uh, uh, yeah, I'll take, you know, not not at all, but a lot. And the same with with some, you know, maybe 10 other uh, people. And even to the point where, no, you can't take it all. I got to give some some other people stuff to the point where now. Uh, you know, for redemption, I'm moving to, you know, we've had about four or five strains about to be at 11 and then we'll be up to 15 and 20 by the end of the year. So instead of taking it all of 20 pounds of, uh, of one strain, uh, it's really seemed to mature overnight with we'll take 20 pounds, but we want 20, one of each strain type, type deal, like a real market, yeah. like a real market
3: like that. So that's, that's exciting. Kevin, do you have a, you, you had a question? the the market right now is is affected by multiple levels of quality of product right and so you have outdoor you have poorly grown machine trimmed um then you have some pretty good stuff that's machine trimmed and then you have good stuff that's tan trimmed like how right now what i'm seeing is is a is a direct competition on price based on the market well there there isn't just the market there's multiple markets and i guess uh you know kyle how do you how are you guys educating you know the customer to understand the difference um i know that probably for the most people uh the lower price point falls in line with what they almost need to get to be able to to get mm-hmm. what they want for the price point yeah um, but how do we educate that to people moving forward uh because clearly there's a difference there's clearly a difference between hand-trimmed quality uh connoisseur type of flower and your run-of-the-mill greenhouse hand, or uh machine shrimp how, how do we differentiate mm-hmm. that um, and do you think that we're going to start to see a separation, uh, in the consumer's mind on, on, on quality, uh, you know, compared to pricing, I guess.
1: Well, I think it starts with getting them to understand, uh, basic things like THC level, for example. Um, uh, there's this, uh, uh, mindset in the consumer market that if I have a strain, In one hand that tests at 17%, and I have one in the other hand that tests at 20%, then that that one strain must get me like 3% higher or must be 3% better or so it must be sold for 3% more or something, you know, and there's a lot of consumers that, that think that. And so if we can erase that kind of stigma, stigma, and to an extent the Indica versativa or at least clarify certain things about terpenes and how those work and, and different kinds of things that contribute to, to making a specific strain of cannabis good, not only good overall as in a quality smoke, but good for them specifically um i think that that'll certainly help people be able to, to identify quality more accurately and more effectively
3: it's just kind of it's kind of weird to me um you know you go to the grocery store and you can buy um you know hershey's chocolate or you could buy you know godiva chocolate or, but we've never nobody's i've never seen a pr campaign to explain to us the better you know chocolates you know like but people pay more for the better How, how, it's, it's just gonna be weird to, be, to see how this this develops mm-hmm. you know and yeah and this is such a new thing and you don't see things like this happen ever where a yeah. new thing comes into the market and it grows and it's right in front of everybody's face so I, I'm, I'm excited to see how this all plays out um I was I was a little bit discouraged I haven't been out to Colorado in a few years but the last time I was out there um I went to a rec dispensary Um, I sat in line for about 15 minutes with about 40 other people that were in this, this strip mall, you know, nearest to the airport or whatever, you know, and I went through and looked at, you know, 25 of their strains and they were absolutely terrible. There was zero terpenes to anything. Uh, price was, you know, $50 an eighth and these people were just lined up. This is five years after, you know, the market's been going like, when is it that people get educated? When is it that people say, I'm not buying that anymore? Like produce a good product. I don't know when. Yeah. where's that coming? You know, I don't
1: I, know. I think that. Um, well, every every time we have an election and more states become legal, the closer we get to that kind of education becoming more common. And, and so, um, I think that uh, we're certainly not where we want to be, but we're we're probably a lot farther than we were even 12 months ago. Yep. Um, it, it's. Uh, it is kind of interesting to see how that will ultimately unfold. Um, I don't, I don't really know if I have the, the complete answer, but uh, it definitely just starts with uh, uh, like stores, for example, really educating their bud tenders. So their bud tenders can really do a good job at at educating their customers. And right now the... (laughs) The, the weird part of all of it is that it's hard for our bud tenders to educate because we're we're only doing curbside first of all and second of all the the customer really doesn't see the actual product and so they they purchase it we can't bring it outside and show it to them and then take it inside you know once it leaves the facility and it's paid for it we, we can't bring it back in or anything and so that brings a, a really unique curveball where we're more heavily reliant on uh, social media and, and things like Weed Maps and Dutchie and stuff to just for them to see pictures of what they're even gonna get. So
0: yeah, I've I've been chomping at the bit. This is something that's really stuck in my craw kind of the last last month of of as far as even some some people I've i've worked with and uh, and i know even uh understand the difference so i thought they did uh on i mean, you were talking about the thc percentage isn't isn't that big a deal Um uh, we i 2010 i thought we, we were we were in lansing starting to educate people on that uh, our top strain was power kush and that was 13 percent thc 10 percent cbd and it was by by far everybody loved it and we started testing and then everyone would start asking why isn't this higher so we educated as a dispensary back then Uh, The patients, and what that what I found there was uh, once we did and they got that knowledge and they picked it up, you just really created a value add as a store to to your customer and and patients because they learned something and now they got it. And now, when they go down the street and hear a butt tender at another store, whatever, so you say, What's your best? and they say, This is the highest THC. Well, that THC, that 29% THC, might be. Yeah, it might be uh, remediated. It's all dried out, and it, and it tastes nasty. It doesn't do anything for you. So it's, it's, uh, it's crazy to me that a decade later we're we feel like we're doing this over again. But from a store standpoint, especially when like say Meds Cafe is back to doing it in person, I look at it as a huge opportunity to provide a value add to the people coming in. That a lot of these stores and a lot of new people aren't because i'm dealing with buyers that'll be like i need a top shelf what is your thc percentage and i'm like really that's that's what you're going by you don't want to see the flower smell it taste it so anyways it's, i think the people i think it's going to happen slowly but you guys are right it's going to happen at the consum it's going to happen at, from the bud tender to consumer level and that's really our jobs as well to, to help uh i think to help those stores do that
2: well that's even gonna... even before it gets the sh- on the shelf before the bud tender if you have a purchaser that doesn't, is only looking at the bottom line when they're purchasing this and it's all based upon, well, our customers only buy stuff based on THC. So that is how I have to purchase in order to sell things off of my shelf, which there's some truth to, right? But, there's if,
1: some, but,
2: yeah. So a lot of people want the most bang for their buck in their minds. They think that's what they can get. It's like, if if liquor stores didn't exist before now and then somebody went into a liquor store and they're like well what's the strongest you got and you hand them some everclear you know they're they're not going to want to come back for that Ever clear, you know, they're gonna want to say, Well, maybe something, maybe I need something a little bit different that's better for my palate, you know, and it's there's more to it than just the strength of what you're putting in your body. But, uh, you know, if there's a lot of purchasing based upon THC, I mean, it becomes a vicious circle, and right, everyone needs to become educated over time by Bud Tender's educating people and just the general public it's going to take time for that whole mentality to kind of evolve and you're going to have people that want Bud Light sure you know there're people that are going to want you know based they're going to purchase based upon what they can afford or what they like you know yeah. you have people that have a taste for craft and it'll it'll come through and there'll be a, there'll be space on the shelf for all kinds of Uh, different types of flour, but right now we're still in this war of, of, it's all pricing and THC and we can't get to the we need to get to that point where there's some kind of level and we're like all right now we can have a conversation and you could try this try this use your nose your nose will tell you what's good for you that your body craves these terpenes you know and if this smells good to you most likely it's probably what your body craves you know there's so much to it but uh yeah it's just going to take time man i mean this is a huge industry and for the general public is new to them so there's uh yeah it's pretty it's a quandary it is a quandary for sure
0: hey Kyle what's uh so what's going on now obviously COVID uh has hit the whole uh you talked uh, about uh all the referral the uh basically the networking you did uh with Sensi and and Cannabis Connect and uh you know uh obviously there's virtual now I did see a post uh Jamie did might have been yesterday asking what would be the best time to have a the Cantina, you know, uh, June yep. or August. So, uh, that's exciting that that's being considered again. So what? Do you, what's the plans going on with, with the events, with, with Cannabis and Sensi? We're all, sure. I mean, all excited uh, to be out and do it. I look at that exploding. I look at once COVID's finally, when people are, are moving around, things are opening up, springtime's hit. I expect sales just to keep going up in Michigan. I mean, we're, we're doing, what, about a million uh, a, a month now i i you know it's gonna end up being you know three million a month uh, i mean th- i mean a hundred million sorry we're gonna end up being two point two hundred fifty million to 300 million a month but what what do you foresee and what are your guys's plans how you how you work in that
1: so um as far as sensi goes um uh we do work directly with the national team in colorado so some of those events uh of course we'll have to wait to see how things unfold in michigan but also kind of what their kind of lead is on some of that too um the events that jamie is hosting for connects um she has been productive and kind of just planning as is you know assuming that things will be better and then if they're not kind of having to cancel a couple weeks out or a month out or um so, uh, I know that she had planned, she's beginning to plan for, uh, summer for our cantina event, which we didn't get to have this year, but we had last year and it was, uh, well, I guess it'd be the year before now. Right. <laughs> but, uh, uh, that was, was awesome. It was on Grand Haven, right? Or, uh, excuse me, just a uh, little North of Grand Haven, um, right on the beach at this really beautiful resort type house and uh yeah hope to have that same event this summer okay. assuming that things get back to normal
0: yeah that's going to be awesome You and uh, kevin talked about uh you guys both talked about the tourism of or you did of colorado and it was early on and mm-hmm. michigan is a huge tourist state uh, it's beautiful sure, yeah state. it's amazing when i talk to people like that aren't from around here are, are transplanted i'm like have you seen uh the great lakes yet have you seen and they're like nope just basically it's been i've been to grand rapids i've been to detroit i'm looking forward to it I'm like yeah, i mean the state's so beautiful the up is jamming up north uh with yeah. you know people coming across the wisconsin and the uh, minnesota border uh that's a huge people forget about the amount of tourism up there yeah it's these be,
1: people that come from out of state that uh you just mentioned they don't realize you can drive for nine and a half, ten 10 hours and still be in Michigan. There's yeah. a lot to see.
0: Yeah. That's like when I was on probation, I wasn't allowed to leave the state, but I took advantage of, uh, some long trips anyways, because you can go all the sure. way, all the way to, uh, almost, uh, to Houghton. So, and anyway, that's, uh, that's good. It's some good insights. I can't believe it's, uh, it's already been 45 minutes and we got to kind of wrap this up. Uh, seems like we just got on. So, um, before we say goodbye i wanted to give everyone a chance to you know give some some parting thoughts from the first episode of the new year the smoking rope's got a lot of things planned coming up we'll announce later but with that uh kevin uh send us away
3: hey kyle you know i appreciate you uh coming on the show today um like Thank i said you. i've heard some uh, some really good things about you look forward to meeting you uh here in the future appreciate your insight uh on the direction of the cannabis industry um you guys on the ground floor at the retail end um kind of give us some direction and we appreciate it so uh keep up the good work and uh have a good new year buddy
1: thank you i appreciate it you as well
2: yeah, of course tom yeah as always kyle man it's, it's so good to see you and talk to you and you know we could do this for hours and hours on end of course but i look forward to it when we can do it in person you know so 2021 yeah, man this is the year that uh we're going to let the uh, the animals out of their cages, and we're going to have some fun, I hope. Yeah, I hope so. And uh, Kyle, uh, any any parting
0: thoughts or words of wisdom you'd like to tell the audience? Hey, I'd just
1: like to say thanks to all you guys for for considering me and for, for letting me be on here. Um, I hope to see you guys all in person in the future. I know I'm going to see you real soon, Ryan, but kevin we'll we'll get together soon for sure and i'm sure i'll be up in kalkaska at some point tom so uh yeah cheers cheers to 2021 let's hope it's better than 2020
0: oh yeah you got it we're gonna look forward to uh having a a cannabis connector sensi party up at the kalkushka lounge too
1: oh yeah that's gonna be fun i can't wait
0: that'll be a big one that'll be a big one Oh,
1: Absolutely,
0: you know I'm really, uh, really happy to have Kyle on. I've, I've mentioned him a few times on the show in the past, and for me, it's fun to watch. You know, Kyle made note he got going in 16, and uh, in cannabis years, uh, he's been in it now for, what five years? That's you know, that's 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 a long time, but uh, <laughs> it is it is. If you want to you know, you're, you're reaching that status, uh, of being uh, an old timer. So, uh, it's fun, fun for me to watch activists make it in the industry, uh, do a lot of things. And, uh, I'm just excited. I like talking to Kyle uh, on both ends, learning and, you know, um, look forward to the relationship in the future. So with that, everybody, uh, appreciate it, Kyle. And yeah, come on anytime. and uh anyone uh, out here watching on on facebook live be sure to uh go ahead and uh follow us on spotify or itunes uh easy to find uh and we got all the old episodes as well so uh with that everybody have a a great day we'll see you next week and can't wait to see what twenty twenty one (laughs) brings
1: thanks man thank you
0: The Smoke and Rope podcast is produced and hosted by me, Ryan Basor, the owner of Redemption Cannabis. Have ideas for episode topics or would like to be a guest on the show? Contact us at RyanB at ryanb.redemptioncanna.com. Thanks for being along for the journey.